With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Maybe I'm crazy, but sis, if you're in a relationship with a man that tells you he's boycotting the NFL, you need to leave him. He's lying to you. And that can't be all he's lying about. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Welcome to the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. Demario Davis, linebacker for the New Orleans Saints, joins us today. Very excited to talk to him, talk about how this offseason has been for him, for his team, and the expectations they have going into this year, which starts in two days. Football is back. Snuck up on us there. Donnie and T with us are with us today. We're going to talk about Cam Newton. We're going to talk about the Bucks and the Heat and Giannis and lots of other stuff going around the NFL, a little Mulan controversy, and I need y'all to stop with the gender reveals, please. Please, please. Well, let's get started with Demario Davis. All right, very excited to have Demario Davis on the podcast, linebacker, New Orleans Saints, uh, first team All-Pro in 2019 writer and uh just all around amazing advocate for the nfl and the community thank you so much for jumping on the pod with me demario appreciate you coming on thank you joe thanks for having me on and before we get started i want to make sure i mention your book the unsuccessful champion finding true victory in the midst of adversity you can get it on amazon and you were uh you were fine, but it was rescinded for wearing a, a headband, Man of God headbands, um, which you can now purchase on DevotedDreamers.org, along with a bunch of different masks and all the proceeds from the headbands go to the families of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Aubrey. Amazing thing that you're doing there. You're a part of the Players Coalition, right? Yes, 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 I am. So you guys have had probably a lot of big-time conversations uh, during this offseason, no? Yeah, it was a very interesting offseason. Um, you know, I think when you look around, you know, COVID hit and that changed the world. And then everybody's sitting in one place and all of a sudden these killings of Ahmaud Aubrey, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor happened back to back. And it just sends the, the conversation of police brutality and racism to number one in our country. A lot of hard conversations were, were forced to be had. But um, a big thing that We've been about since, uh, I guess, 2016 and a little before uh, has been um, around turning conversations into solutions. And so anybody can talk about a problem. Um, and if we just keep talking about it, it'll always be there. But trying to find solutions. And the, the good thing about all that happened is there's been a lot of momentum. Um, a lot more players have begun to use their platforms and speak out. A lot more people uh are more conscious of all the things that, that are going on. Uh, the topic of racism isn't necessarily uncomfortable anymore. It's, it's a normal. And so dealing with these issues and trying to find solutions, there's a lot more support. Um, but I think, you know, the unfortunate thing is still a long way to go. And uh, But we have to keep plugging away. People have said for a long time that if, if the community or I guess if the world 
behave the way a locker room did, specifically an NFL locker room, because the NFL, while it's still uh, a, a large percentage of black players, there are people from different parts of the world, different parts of the country, different backgrounds. You have a pretty big melting pot in the NFL that is, that is significantly different than, say, the NBA or baseball, which could be on the other end of the spectrum. Do you agree with that statement? Like the conversations that you guys have as teammates, if people could have those kind of conversations out there in the world, we'd be in a better situation? Well, it's, 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 it's not just that. Yeah, one, we do get to have a lot of conversations in the locker room just because of the dynamics, right? You got 60 plus guys in the locker room from all different backgrounds, all different walks of life. And it's an alpha male uh, type of environment. So guys are just going to spit on the cuff what they're thinking. Not not a lot of people are reserving their thoughts. And so a lot of conversations are had on, on a normal basis. But you've been doing that since, you know, you were in the fourth, fifth, sixth grade. And you've been around these type of groups that, you know, um, you know, come from so many different diverse backgrounds. And so it becomes a normal, a normalcy to you to uh, look at somebody from a different community, uh, different background, different beliefs, different uh, perspectives and look at it as a brother, you know, and, and see him as a friend, you know, and, and if something was to happen to that person, you would, you would go, uh, through the, through the ends of earth to try to, you know, help them alleviate their burden or whatever it is. That's just the, the environment, but the game of football itself is the ultimate team sport. Like one person won't make or break a team in football. It, it requires all 11. And that team had to have a, a unique chemistry to have a, a, a chance to be successful. And so when you have that dynamic of, of playing in a team sport like that, with that type, with those type of dynamics, it gives you a sense of unity and a bond that you just understand. And you think it's, it's, it's your world. It's, it's normal to you. And you don't realize uh, how different it is, you know, in the world. You, I guess a good scene would be like, you remember the Titans when they were in camp and they all bonded and they were singing the songs and dancing. But then when they got back to school and realizing that the school was still divided and that's the game of football. And so, yeah, I do believe that if everybody in the world could, you know, kind of take on the aspects of a locker room, um, then, you know, the world would be a better place. But that's the reason why we have to use our platforms. That's why we can't remain silent, because we are the ones that have been blessed with the opportunity to to be around the solution. And the solution is just spending time with people who don't look like you, people who don't sound like you, people who don't think like you. And, and what happens is, I, do all my teammates, do I agree with everything they say? No. Uh, do all my teammates uh, have the same beliefs and ideals that I have? No. But do I look at my teammates as a brother? Yes. Do I love all my teammates? Yes. Uh, can I respectfully disagree with them? Yes. And so it's like we, we have disagreements all the time. And then we're joking and laughing in the next few minutes where other people you disagree and then you flying off the handle and it's, it's World War, uh, whatever. And so, um, yeah, I do think that the locker room could lend a lot to the conversation of how we should just all be uh, bonding together. Do you feel more supported by the organization, by the NFL, um, and maybe even by fans in speaking out about issues in the Black community this year than you had, say, back in 2016? I think generally it's, it's, it's a little bit more, um, you know, everybody has been forced to kind of say something. Like, you know, if you don't speak out against racism right now, then it's almost like you are. Uh, racist. And so I feel like p 
people either adamantly give their support to you or, you know, they give a defense of why they don't agree with something that you stand for or something like that. Um, so I think a little, it's, it's, it's a little bit more. Um, but when I think about the fans, there are some who, who may disagree and they're like, you know, you just stick to sports. This is my safe place. I, I need to get away with it. But we don't, you can't worry about that. You, you can't be responsible for other people's ignorance or foolishness. There are some fans that need it. They're fans of the game and, 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 and they are so grateful that you're speaking out for issues that are plaguing them, plaguing their family members, plaguing those that they see every day. And so they're grateful. And that's who you really want to do it for. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer. And so like Jesus said, I didn't come to save the well. I came to save the sick. So if what we're doing doesn't help you, it's not for you. It's for the people that it's helping. And, you know, that's 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 kind of the lens that that I look at using um, our platform for. It's about the people who are going to appreciate it, the people who who need it. Um, and the people who disagree, then, you know, I'm sorry. They need to learn how to agree to disagree. <laughs> There's a, uh, I mean, I don't take them seriously because uh, I've been watching sports my entire life. And as we just saw, we didn't have sports for five months. There's no replacement for sports. So there, there are some people who out there are out there saying, you know, the NFL isn't going to make it. Uh, you know, they say, they're saying the same thing about the NBA. NBA is doing fine, but. They, they, they're very committed to this idea that they're not going to watch football anymore because they don't want, you know, these conversations in their face and that the NFL is going to die because players are speaking out. Um, now, you kind of alluded to it there, but there's some pretty powerful people making these uh, statements, at least powerful for, you know, as long for the next couple of months. We'll see. But uh, what do you say to those people that are like, I'm not going to watch the NFL anymore and you guys aren't going to make it because you're you're making these statements? It's, it's, it's the same thing that I was saying earlier, you know, when people like I'm about the issues, I'm about bringing solutions to the issues, um, you know, demanding that our country stand up and align with the morals and ideas that it has stated for all people. Um, and I'll and I'll do that for the rest of my life. Anybody that's against that, you know, it's just I'm not going to change my purpose and why I'm here to fit in with somebody else's ignorance or foolishness. I just, I just don't have the energy or the time to, to, to give it to that. Uh, like if you want to, if, if sports is your safe place and the world is burning down, why are you trying to go to a safe place when the world is burning around you? You know, like that. So it's like, you know, either you don't care or you don't want to be concerned with it, you know? And so, uh, people's lives are counting on us using our platforms responsibly. And so, uh, yeah, would I like to just go and play football and just be focused on football? I would. It, that means everything that's going on around is just peaceful. But when there's such serious issues going on in the world, we, we can't remain silent. We can't do nothing. Uh, we have to use all of our resources to help people. So, it's been a very interesting off season when it comes to COVID, obviously. Uh, we were discussing before we started recording, like, so glad the Super Bowl got in. It kind of lined up perfectly for the NFL off season that you guys really didn't miss much until it came to camp. But we are in camp and the season is starting, or we're out of camp now, the season is starting this weekend, starting on Thursday. And it's, it's weird, it doesn't even, it really doesn't even feel like it's football season because we have the NBA and like, there's just so much going on. But how different has this offseason actually been 
for you. I mean, you're you're a veteran, you know, for the rookies, it's obviously going to be a whirlwind of difference when everything's over. But how different has it been for you? Uh, it, it has been different. <laughs> I think that's the best way, way to ex- explain it. Um, you know, from a timing standpoint, like my family, we, we move around a lot in the offseason. You know, we on vacation. We're going between homes. Uh, we train in different locations. And so it was the first time we had an offseason where all of our, our family just stayed in one location. We were in Nashville the, the entire length of the offseason. And uh, so that was new for us. Um, it was fun. I was, I was grateful to be able to have that much time with my family. Uh, training looked different. You know, uh, fortunately, I was able to bring my trainer in and uh, he stayed with us and we were able to to take our training to even, you know, newer heights. Um, and then, you know, not having like OTAs and minicamp and then coming back late. And so it was different. But I, I'm a big believer in, you know, no matter what happened, whatever obstacles are thrown in, for, for, in front of you, you just try to find the silver line in it and, and turn it into a positive. And so for me. Uh, I think I found a way to 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 mentally and physically be better than I was uh, even last year. And so um, that's just how I think, you know. And so it's like, you know, unfortunately, we have this COVID and we have to deal with it. But what are the areas we could could use to to make the most of the opportunity? Does it feel heavy because you guys are being tested every single day? You know, there's a lot of precautionary things around the facility, a lot of you know new procedures you have to do. Have you gotten used to it yet? Because, I mean, like even me going into work, I'm used to all the little things we have to do now to do the show. But the first couple days, it was really feeling like I was like in a zombie apocalypse movie. So have you gotten used to it now or is it still kind of like a a thing that's kind of weighing on everybody? It's a new normal. It's a new normal to come in every day and get COVID tests to to, to put on a wristband that has a tracker in it, uh, you know, to get your temperature checked you know, every day and, excuse me, uh, to kind of watch and see if, you know, somebody on your team has uh, contracted it. And if they've tra- contracted it, then the trackers tell, like, you know, and so uh, it's kind of like an eerie uh, feeling that's, that's there, but it just creates a new normal. And the thing that I don't want to do is ever become too no- too comfortable in this new normal and, and realize that it's a very dangerous threat that's out there, um, that, um, you know, this this thing can can get people and it, and it moves quickly when it gets people. So uh, protecting myself, protecting others, um, you know, is, is all of our responsibility. And so if, if we have to play this game um, in this time, we still have a responsibility to everybody to, to, to be responsible. So the Saints are my, my team this year in the NFC. I, I think that any team that's bringing back uh, their defensive core, the coordinators, obviously quarterback and coach, which you guys are, is at a decided advantage uh, this particular season. It's kind of like the lockout season. Like veteran teams are just in a better spot. They already know the playbooks. They, they're more comfortable. They've been in the facilities. Younger teams are just, I think, going to struggle. Um, and I think nobody's really talking about you guys <laughs> that much. You know, everyone's still focused on the Niners. And, you know, there's, there's just kind of not really – and, of course – you got Tom Brady in Tampa now. So I think you guys could just sneak right through. It's kind of low expectations for you you guys this year. Does it feel that way? Um, I don't know about, you know, low expectations. You not know, not I, for you guys. For you guys, no. I'm saying no. I don't feel like enough people are talking about you guys. Well, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. You, we don't need it. We don't need the whole world talking <laughs> about us, you know. <laughs> 
But I mean, anybody that knows football can, you know, very easily look at our roster and see, you know, we ain't we ain't, we ain't nothing to, to play around with. And you know, it's, it's it's a good feeling. You know, I'm excited about the year. Yeah, you, you talk about what's going on. You know, uh, uh, down in Tampa Bay, you got you know they they got a lot of new weapons. But mainly, I'm excited because you know it's it's Brady versus Breeze. You know, and so we can go ahead and and, and settle this goat conversation. You know, right here and now. And so to be able to be a part of that. It's, it's, it's exciting times, and so um, it's, it's definitely going to be a lot of explosiveness happening in this conference and this division uh, this year, so I'm excited. Now, you've been with the Jets and the Browns and now the Saints. Browns are just a whole different conversation. The Jets have had some moments in the past you know, decade where you know, they've, had, they've had some impressive years, but mo- those two organizations aren't really known for being the most functional organizations. Now, the Saints are and an elite run organization to me from the outside. Um, and the results would show that as well, but they weren't always that way. So having been in you know, different places where they aren't all run the same way, what is it about an organization like the Saints that's well run, that has Super Bowl expectations every single year, that's different from, and you don't have to bash the Jets of the Browns, but just from <laughs> an organization that doesn't have that going on. I just think, uh... Some organizations prioritize winning and some don't. And some organizations know how to win and some don't. And so when I say prioritize and winning, every organization, believe it or not, their number one priority isn't winning. Their priority could be uh, fans, the number of fans they have in the stands, uh, could be, um, you know, publicity. It could be a number of different things, you know, protecting their bottom line. It could just be looking at it from a business standpoint. Not every organization priority is winning. That's number one. And the Saints is. And um, secondly, not every organization knows how to win. Some organizations do desire to win. They just don't know how to build a winner. They don't know if they need to build it through the draft. They don't know if they need to, to get the right free agents. They don't know if they need to start with their quarterback or start with their defense. They just don't know how to to do it. They don't know what type of coach they need. They don't know how to, you know, uh, keep the continuity in the building. You know, they don't know how to create the culture. They don't know where to start. So uh, that's generally why you see the same, you know, top 10 teams uh, around the top every year. And, you know, the rest of them are kind of out of the race before it begins. That's just the nature of the beast. It's very, I grew up in Pittsburgh, so I'm, I'm a Steelers fan, but I also have watched the Dolphins for my entire life. And just a, a, a great study <laughs> how organizations can go either way, depending on, like you said, what your bottom, what your bottom line is. But uh, I think the Saints are great. Um, I'm rooting for you guys this year. I think you're my pick uh, in the NFC. And I don't get my Super Bowl pick yet, but um, I'm excited to have football back. And uh, I appreciate you coming on the podcast very much. Hey, I appreciate you. I'm glad we're your pick. <laughs> Again, check out Demario's book, The Unsuccessful Champion, Finding True Victory in the Midst of Adversity. You can get it on Amazon and go get a, a headband or a mask from DevotedDreamers.org. All the proceeds from the headbands are going to the family of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Ahmaud Aubrey. Good luck this year. Thank you again, Demario. All right, bless him. With it. With it. What's up, Donnie? What's up? What's up? How are you? Welcome back. Thank you. California. Thank you. It was uh, it was quite a journey to get back to California. Like, not complaining. Obviously, a gift and a blessing to be able to go on vacation. Yeah. 
Yeah, Man, for sure. When you're ready to come home and there is like something wrong with the transportation home. <laughs> Oh man, so much worse. It's like, oh my god, I feel for you. Yeah, but we're back. So, uh, and we're back, we're back. and uh, the NFL season is here. B- surprise! <laughs> like, where did it come yeah, from? Like, it, just, it just like left up on you. It's crazy. No preseason games. That's why. No preseason it, like, games. It came out of nowhere. Uh, you know what? I think it's in no preseason games and no like big college games because yeah, we're college, yeah. we call we we will have like something like a little taste. But also, I feel yeah. like because the NBA, we've had the NBA and it's playoff NBA at that, uh, and not just like you know the middle of baseball season. Yeah, it's like we we don't we don't have that starvation for sports. That's true. That yeah, we, we're not as hungry as we normally are. Yeah, as this we time of year. Are. So it feels like it's like oh football season. <laughs> Let's go! I'm like <laughs> I gotta wear my football shirt today because you know yes. football season. <laughs> Why not? Like, it's this week. Uh, it's literally it's two days from now. It's crazy. Uh, first yeah. game is Thursday. It's wild. Um, but that said, it is football season. So for win it or quit it this week, we are going to do my preseason predictions. So it's what time. am I quitting or quitting this week? Done. Joy. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs will repeat as NFL champs. Win it or quit it. <sighs> I am going to quit it. Don't freak out, Chiefs fans. You will win many more Super Bowls. Many more blessings are coming your way. I just think it's a natural thing to take a little bit of the edge off when you are a Super Bowl winner. And uh, they're yeah. going to be great this year. And they're returning, obviously, Patrick Mahomes, who just signed a bajillion dollar contract, got engaged. Congrats, guys. Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, most of their defense. I think that the rookie of the year is on their team as well. They're going to be great. We know that. I just, uh, I think it's very difficult, very hard to repeat as Super Bowl champions. And uh, so I I just, I don't think they're going to do it this year. I think they will win many more Super Bowls. Many as in, I think I said two more was my prediction. Okay. Um, I have to rewind the tape. I think, yeah, I think it's three. I think I said three, which is, which is very, very okay. generous, I think. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But this is not this year. So my playoff teams for the AFC obviously are the Chiefs, the Bills, the Ravens, and the Texans. Uh, congrats also to Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson signing his deal, which kind of, I feel like, went a yeah, little man. under the radar, but it just kind of happened over the weekend. But we all knew that was going to happen. Yeah. So uh, wild card teams are, I think what's going to get people triggered. So as you know, I've been very upset with the Steelers over the past couple of years. But if Ben can stay healthy, because remember they were almost a playoff team last year with whatever they had going on at quarterback. Mason and Duck. Mason and Duck. Dynamic duo of Mason and (laughs) Duck. Uh, The Chargers are a team nobody's really talking about. They have a lot of Mm -hmm. talents. They do not have Philip Rivers Very throwing true. a bajillion turnovers. I think Tyrod is going to give them that bolt of energy. Oh, <laughs> see what you did there. <laughs> uh, that Puns. they need, and uh, and I'm just going to give the Steelers a nod. I'm just I'm going I'm to fall for it one more year, and reluctantly, but I guess I have to. And it's purely and only out of respect for Derrick Henry, who is my favorite running back in the league. I'll, Beast. Go, uh, I'll put the Titans in again. I don't think they're going to have the miraculous run they did last year, but I got to respect Derrick Henry. Um, so I'm going to put the Titans in, in the last wild card spot. I know the Browns yeah. have all the pieces and all this great whatever. I am not buying into the Browns until I see it. So take it as disrespect if you okay, want that's to. Real. Don't care. 
I need to see it. I'm not going to fall for it like I did last year. I'm not interested. I I want to see what they do on the field, and I will not speak of them until the end of the season. Uh, I mean, I'm going to talk about them a lot, but like, I'm not making any judgments on what they are until after this season is over. So uh, I'm not buying into the Browns this year. What do you think? I like that. You like it? I like the Chargers. I love the Chargers as this year's dark horse of the AFC. I feel like every year there's a team that we don't expect to be as good as they are to be that good. And I think that the Chargers are that. And it'll be Tyrod Taylor taking them further than we expect. Um, I'm a big Tyrod fan. I always have been. So I'm uh, I'm, I'm down for the Chargers as a, a wild card team that might even go further than we expect. Like the Conference championship game, maybe we'll see. I, I like the I like the Chargers though. You kind of got Chargers colors on today. I do. That's that wasn't planned, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a powder blue. All right, what about the NFC? All right, uh, NFC twenty twenty joy is the year that the Cowboys finally live up to the hype. Win it or quit it. Uh, you're not looking like you're about to win it. I'm gonna have to quit it. I got quit it vibes. Yeah, I'm gonna I have can to tell. Quit it. I'm gonna have to quit it both both ways this year this this week. So I, I predicted the Cowboys-Chiefs for the Super Bowl last year, Chiefs winning. Obviously, I was right about the Chiefs winning. Edgy take, I know. But I picked the yeah. Cowboys mostly because I was trying to manifest the Cowboys into the Super Bowl because Fox had the Super Bowl, and I'm a company man. And also, a Chiefs-Cowboys Super Bowl would be unbelievable. Weirdly, ESPN, ESPN is predicting that it's Cowboys-Chiefs this year. Weirdly enough. Ah, I see. I am not buying into that. Someone's watching um, the podcast. Yeah, yeah. As exactly. Yeah, everyone steals our material from us. What can I say? <laughs> I'm not buying into the Cowboys as a Super Bowl contender this year. Uh, as usual, the Cowboys are are not going to the Super Bowl. So there's nothing new for Cowboys fans. It's nothing to nothing to get uh, upset about. I want to believe in the yeah. Cowboys. I, I, I love Dak Prescott. I think he should be paid. I think the Cowboys should be a great team. I think that they will win their division this year. I just don't think that they're going to make it to the Super Bowl because I have a different prediction. So the Niners uh, will win their division. The Vikings will win their division. The Cowboys okay. and the Saints. And my wild card teams are the Philadelphia Eagles. There's no way that they're going to have all of the injury issues that they had last year. It's just impossible. Like, I, I no don't way? Like, impossible? Impossible. I don't know. Anything <laughs> is possible. It is 2020, okay? It is 2020. Yeah. But I'm not going to put that on Eagles fans this year. I think the Eagles will be will be good this year. I think that the Cowboys won the division, but the Eagles will win the wild card. Got to put the Bucks in. Um, obviously, the Saints winning the division, but Tom Brady, I mean, that just changes things in Tampa Bay. So I got to respect them as a wild card. Playoff team could make some moves in the playoffs as well. And only out of respect for Russell Wilson, am I going to add the Seahawks to the wild card spot, that final wild card spot in the NFC? I don't love their defense. It's a little bit better, but mm-hmm. I'm going to put the Seahawks in that last spot. So Eagles, Bucks, Seahawks, and the NFC for the wild card teams. So that said, let's get to, to the big pierogi. All right. So All right. Super Bowl. Super Bowl, I have representing the NFC. Drum roll. The Saints. The Saints. The nice. Saints. Okay, yeah. Drew Brees. Let's go. Let's go. Drew Brees. Okay. Yeah. So uh, now look, I, I know everyone's gonna say, oh, what about the 49ers and what about the Vikings and all that stuff? What about the Bucks? Saints are going to the Super Bowl this year representing the NFC. Uh, it's not a knock on the 49ers either. Obviously, the 49ers were an unbelievable team last year as well. Again, I think oh, it's yeah. very difficult to get back to the Super Bowl. Like. To, to even get back to the Super it Bowl. It doesn't happen. No. Yeah. So I just think it'll take a small step back this year. Nothing dramatic. They're just not going to make it to the Super Bowl. 
I'm sure they're going to do well <laughs> and make, make exactly. it through the play, win a couple of playoff games. But it's, I'm going to give the nod to the Saints this year. Representing the AFC, okay. the Ravens, not a huge, you know, not a huge stretch there, except for the fact Big that trust. Lamar Jackson has not proven himself in the playoffs yet. So while everyone might say, oh, oh edgy prediction, Lamar Jackson's reigning MVP and has proven himself to be one of the best players in the NFL. Uh, some would argue the best player in the NFL, and he's, yeah. he has not proven that in the playoffs yet. So it is still an edgy prediction as far as the playoffs go that they would make it to the Super Bowl. And I have them, I have them winning the Super Bowl as well. So Drew Brees is not going to get another Super Bowl this year, but he is going to get an MVP. Ooh, nice! Just to add that to the Hall of Fame resume. That sounds yeah. nice. I like. I'm that. going. I'm going all in on the Saints in New Orleans in my predictions yeah, this year. Uh, <laughs> NFC Championship winner, Super Bowl representing the NFC. Andrew Brees will get an MVP, but they will not beat the Baltimore Ravens, who are just absolutely stacked this year. For Rookie of the Year, I'm okay. really torn. I'm really torn. I have two on. I have two written down, and you know everything in me wants to pick Joe Burrow, like literally everything. But what's the holdup? I think I got to go with Clyde Edwards-Helaire. See, okay, okay. Why, why him over Burrow? Why him because over Joe? Because Burrow's gonna struggle a lot this year. Even though I do think he's gonna show why he was the number one overall pick. He is still with the Bengals. The Bengals are still not a great yes. team, and it, there's a lot. All right, on on rookie, he's the only rookie quarterback that's starting in the first from the first round. It's a lot on his shoulders. It's a lot on right. his shoulders. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is walking into a ready-made situation with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and Andy Reid. Uh, he was incredible for LSU last year. Um, so I'm torn between yeah. two LSU Tigers, but I'm going to go with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yes, that's what we're doing. You're I'm all gonna... in on Louisiana. I am. Completely I am. in on Louisiana. I'm completely oh, man. in on Louisiana right now. That's weird. <laughs> I didn't even plan that's it nice. that way. But, yes, I'm going to go with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, finally, my comeback player of the year – and I say this reluctantly because, again, oh I, want to, okay. I want to pick Cam Newton. But I just don't think that the Patriots have enough. And I think as long as he can stay healthy, Ben Roethlisberger will be the comeback player of the year. I do believe he has the best odds. So, again, this is not an edgy pick. But I have the Steelers okay. making the playoffs. He's coming off of a major injury. Yeah. They missed it last year. That would tie it's, into your pick. Yeah. yeah it, that, it, makes, that would make which sense. Is, which is why he has the best odds <laughs> to win comeback player of the year. Yeah. But if he can stay healthy, uh, I think that they will they will end up getting a playoff spot and Ben Roethlisberger win, will win comeback player of the year. So aside from Louisiana, um, I think I'm pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, we have to I'm going we have to come back to this at the end of the year and see how correct your predictions were for sure. Yeah. We gotta test the, the accuracy. And if anyone from you feel good about it, is uh is is listening, you know, I should get free drinks if all this stuff turns out to be true. Oh man, that's a yeah, that's got it, Patman. That's a given for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, I I get a lot of drinks when we go to New Orleans, so gotta be careful with that. <laughs> What's going on with High Key Low Key this week? All right, High Key, the Patriots have named Cam Newton their starting quarterback for the upcoming season. Who would have thunk it? Low Key, that's the point. Cam's unapologetic blackness has fueled discomfort and doubt about his leadership throughout his career, especially this offseason. Joy, this is the perfect situation for Cam to finally exercise the doubters. The swagger of Cam compels you. <laughs> the swagger of Cam compels you. Amazing work, Donnie. The swagger Donnie. of Cam compels you. <laughs> Amazing work, Donnie. Excellent writing. Uh, yes, 
This is uh, this is absolutely true from Cam Newton. He uh, he said that you know part of the reason why he got the hate that he did is because he's an unapologetic black quarterback. And yeah, I don't know what is who's pushing back on that. If you don't if you yeah. don't agree with that, then you either just are unaware that that's that's how this goes. Or you're just trying to disagree because race has been brought into it and you, you just don't like everything is not about race. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know where you stand on that. Yeah, uh, he's right. He's 100% right. And I've talked about this many times on the podcast. Cam is too swaggy for people. He's got too much swag. Yes. If you ha- and, and listen, he does not have too much swag, just to be clear. I am not saying that. I love Cam's swag. I think it's, I think it's he's wonderful. He's being himself. It's it's the reason why we talk about Cam Newton because he's a star. He has that mm-hmm. it factor. He walks in exactly. the room and there's a little less air in the room because Cam Newton is there. He's got a bright smile, fabulous physique, amazing hats, scarves, feathers, shoes. <laughs> uh, he knows what he's doing. Dab, and he pulls like, it off. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, it, and it's all flawless and smooth because he's a star. And he has swag and people without swag are intimidated by people with swag. And that's okay. Everybody doesn't have swag. That's totally fine. You don't have to always have swag and swag can come in many different ways. For example, Steve Jobs wore the same outfit every day, right? But Steve Jobs is pretty swaggy. He's he's gone down in history. He's pretty swaggy. He had his own thing. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. he had his own thing. (laughs) He had his lane and he stuck to it. Right. And like, that's fine. But the problem is, is that people don't like people that are unafraid to be out of the box and that all of that swag and it factor and star factor coupled with the fact that he is a black quarterback has played into the conversation around Cam since the beginning of his career. And it really went sideways for him after the Super Bowl, As we know, during the press conference, everyone turned on him, not me, but everyone turned on him. And there's been some things, uh, you know, uh, since then that have happened that have not really been reflective great on Cam. But overall, Cam has never been anything other than Cam Newton. Y'all are the ones that changed. Cam has always been this. And he's right. The the critics of him always say the same thing. He's a diva. Well, I mean, if he showed up to work every day in gray sweatpants and a white t-shirt, would they call him a diva? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know where if they these, would. Where are these diva receipts? Like, where are the diva activities to back up the diva claim? You, well, you, you, I mean, it's, it's it's obvious. Like, he wears uh, hats, and he wears scarves, and he cares about cigars and things other than football. Like, all of this stuff, yes, like, his culture, his uh, swag, has his personality has played a role in the, in the critics coming for Cam. But him being unapologetic about it and Black has also played a role in it. And it's okay to yeah. say that because it's true. And, yeah. pe- and if you if you want it, Emmanuel Acho gave a great example on Speak for Yourself today, which is Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew is all of this swag and personality and crazy clothes and jean shorts and people love it and they think it's fun, Yeah, right? But Cam Newton does the same thing, probably with more expensive clothing. And it's just too much. And who wears that? And who does that? Like, there's so many examples of this. I didn't get a chance to squeeze it into today's show. But, you know, you look at Novak Djokovic's reaction to him getting thrown out of the tournament. And then the reaction that people have to Serena getting upset. Like, there are... There are stereotypes and there are biases within the media and within, you know, fan Mm -hmm. bases 
that you can't deny because, I mean, keep it consistent and you can't. You can't right help for yourself yep. but to not keep exactly. it consistent. So you're telling on yeah. yourself. Cam is right. Cam has fit into the culture in New England because Cam has decided this is what he wants to do. And Belichick and the Patriots have embraced him because they're smart enough to know if you're going to bring someone in like Cam Newton, you got you have to embrace him. You're not going to try and fit uh, you know, a circle into a square hole. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't work. And what's the point of, of trying? Yeah. So I think I don't have any problem with him saying it. It's true. And if you're triggered by it, then, well, you were probably, probably uh, part of the problem. <laughs> yeah. You're triggered by a lot of things. Right. That's the case. All right. High key football is officially dead. Rest in peace. According to Eric Trump, after Cowboys players have been giving the green light to protest. Low-key, how will America's sport survive without the support of Donald Trump's second greasiest son? How? I don't know. I don't know how we'll make it. Donnie, how will we make it? Football is <laughs> over. <laughs> uh, my beloved sport. Oh. Uh, it's by over. Fall, by fall and winter. We're having a fantasy draft. I know. Tonight. We should just cancel it because there's no more football. Yeah. First of all. Can you stop complaining about cancel culture while trying to cancel everything? Make it make sense. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. <laughs> Please. Stop trying to cancel everything. <laughs> and then the next day, talk about things being, complaining about things being too PC and cancel culture. Just figure yeah. out what it is that you believe and think and then you can take all the time you need and then come let us yeah. know because I'm very confused, yeah. all right? Because all I can hear about is canceling the NBA and canceling MLB and canceling the NFL and the sport's over and no one's going to watch anymore because Jerry Jones has realized it's 2020 and it is <laughs> not a good idea to tell your players that they cannot protest and they cannot speak up and use their voices to help their community and because you don't come from that community and you refuse to listen, you think that you can just tweet something and cancel an entire sport. Which, by the way, I might remind you, is owned by 32 of the richest men in the world. <laughs> so they're not letting it go anywhere. It's okay? not going anywhere. It's Here not to going stay. anywhere. There are billions and billions of dollars involved in the NFL. And uh, yep. it's going to be fine. If you don't want to watch, uh, thank you for your time. Um, it's and been your great. Fandom. It's been great. Uh, I wish you well watching, um, I don't know, cricket tournaments or whatever you're going to fill your time with. And because uh, you're not Poker. watching, the, you're clearly not watching the NBA if you're not watching the NFL yeah. because of um, players speaking up. Again, it's the same thing that I always say. I don't believe you. I just. I just you're don't lying. believe you. You're a liar, and it's <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a shame that you're that you're like making such a big dramatic snowflake deal about someone using their platform that they've earned, by the way, to speak up yes. for what they believe in. Which I thought was I thought freedom of speech was something that was also very important to you, but apparently it's not. Right? Even Is that not as American as it gets? Even though liberty has, and whatnot. <laughs> this has nothing to do with freedom of speech because I. As we know, freedom of speech only is is only referred to because it's only applicable when we're talking about the government suppressing speech. So let's just right. be just to be clear that I actually know the de definition of freedom of speech. My point is this: 
Um, you can't cancel everything while talking about hating cancel culture. You can't talk about, uh, you know, should be able to say whatever you want, do whatever you want. It's freedom of speech. And then it doesn't apply to everybody. And also, uh, you just didn't, you didn't watch sports, Eric. Uh, you, you, you didn't. Yeah, yeah. You didn't. And if, if you're, if you're in that group, that boycott group, God bless you. Um, I don't know what you're going to do with your time, but the rest of us are still going to watch football and play fantasy football and bet on football and enjoy our great sport played by great players here in America, which has the greatest football league, American football league, obviously, uh, in the world. And I'm very excited about it. And check back with me in, you know what? Let's let's safely call it four years, right? Because we don't know what's going to happen okay. in a couple months. Let's just check back in four years fun. and see yes. if America's sport is still around. I personally, I don't put my money on it's going to still be here. But yeah, since you feel so going to be back from the dead. <laughs> since you feel so confident that the NFL is going to end, um, you do you. I, I will be here in four years talking about football. I'm, I'm one. Yeah, sure. I've never been more confident in anything that I've ever said on this show. Where I usually say crazy things. Football is going to be fine. The end. The end. We're not worried. Not worried. All right. High key. Giannis Antetokounmpo suffered an ankle injury as the Bucks just narrowly avoided getting swept by your Miami Heat. Loki, we've always had an uneasy feeling about this Milwaukee team in the playoffs, but you hate to see them go out like this. Injuries. Yeah. Um, it does suck. It does suck because there's going to be a little bit of the conversation around, you know, Giannis's injury. And how this yep. series might have gone. However, I do think because they were down 3-0, it won't be overwhelming. Like most people who are aware of how basketball works, because no team has ever come back from 3-0. This is this is not a winnable series for the Bucks anymore. And now that Giannis is injured, even if he is doing everything he can to come back, he's not going to be 100%. Exactly. Far so, right. So, and which is super unfortunate, obviously. This is not the way that, yes. you, that you want to win, but this is just injuries happen. The bigger story is what will happen to the Bucks after this year. And the Bucks going out in the second round, doesn't matter if it's to the Heat, to the second round, in the second round, yeah. is a disaster for Milwaukee. After it's, having that record, yes. It's a disaster. The MVP, okay, uh, defensive yep. player of the year, the record yep. that they have, best record in the NBA, go out in the second round, you don't got what it takes. I'm sorry. You don't. That's a failure. Yeah. I know. You, I know. Losing Giannis is Giannis is not a replaceable factor, right? And, and Chris Middleton did an amazing job in that game, despite losing Giannis. Obviously, beat the Heat, which at that point, when Giannis went down, should have been a foregone conclusion that they were going to sweep that. So, a lot yeah. of heart. I respect that, but that's only heart's only going to get you so far. So exactly. the bigger the bigger story for me here is, man. Uh, while the Heat is an incredible story, I I, I love the Heat, and uh, I'm very happy. Overall, the bigger NBA perspective is what's going to happen with Giannis now because is he really going to stay in Milwaukee after this? I, I don't see it happening. Now, the Heat are supposed to be the front runners to get Giannis, which I love, obviously. How can you not? <laughs> I will talk so much because <laughs> you, oh you didn't know me when I when like LeBron was in Miami. As obnoxious yeah, and yeah. insufferable as I am now, if the Miami Heat acquire Giannis Antetokounmpo, 
I, you will, I don't think you'll probably want to be friends with me anymore. Like, you're just going to be like, I, I used oh, to yeah. like Joy, and now she's the most annoying yeah. bitch on earth. Small doses now. <laughs> now in small doses. I can't take it anymore. Um, I was obnoxious. <laughs> If that's going to happen or how what moves have we made but i don't think that Giannis is going to be in milwaukee next year because of this it's uh yeah. it's it's it is unfortunate that you know he's injured because you'd like to see it go out in a way where we we're not talking about that and factoring it into it but that's that's how it goes injuries yeah. happen Reality. either way either yeah. way it, it can't happen in the second round so uh the heat are going to win this series and uh probably face the celtics uh, in the Eastern Conference Finals, but uh, I, I just think Giannis is gone, and that's a, that's going to be a big story for the NBA. And I've been thinking this for a while. It kind of reminds me, Giannis has always kind of reminded me in Milwaukee of Kevin Durant. So he's a player that we think is great. He's, uh, he's a star, a, a superstar, but doesn't quite have the polarization factor that LeBron has or that Kobe had or Michael had. And, yeah. you know, so he's not like people were trying to say Giannis is the face of the league. And I'm like, no, he's not the face of the league. He doesn't have the that thing that you can debate about him. Everyone just thinks he's great, right? Yeah, yeah. This series no- might have changed that. Now, I still don't think he'll be the face of the league, but KD, his, his whole image changed a bit. Right when oh, he yeah, left, for sure. When he left Definitely OKC, changed. now he became now, a villain. He became a villain, and I mean, he proved them wrong, right? Like he got those two right. championships, and you know his MVPs, and now he's he's in Brooklyn, and I think Brooklyn is going to be great next year. But he was pretty protected by the media and looked at as a great player that we think can be great, but we kind of blame the situation a little bit. I think Giannis yeah. is falling a little bit into that category. It'd be very interesting to see how this goes for him this offseason if he ends up staying in Milwaukee or if he ends up leaving and where he goes. If he does go to the Heat, he is going to be a villain. And listen, the Heat are oh, yeah. very well prepared <laughs> to be yes, the villains they of the embrace NBA. it. Like, come, we, come be we, villainous with us. Yeah, we, we, we thrive in <laughs> the darkness. Let's bask in the well. villainy. Yes. <laughs> we thrive in the darkness, okay? So there's no problem for us. It ain't no thing. Yeah. But yeah. can Giannis deal with that? Because LeBron couldn't deal with it. Yeah. So I, I think it will be very interesting what That's happens with question. Giannis this offseason. Predictions. We'll see. <laughs> What's going on in Culture Report this week? Hey, Joy. So I cannot believe that another gender reveal party sparked a fire. I feel like we had this problem just a few years ago where 47,000 acres were burned and the man at fault had to pay like $8 million in restitution and was sentenced to five years of probation. So you would think that that would be like a lesson learned. But no, here we are again. Another couple burnt more than like 10,000 acres in Yukaipa, which is like 70 miles close, 70 miles far from um, LA. And people had to be evacuated from their homes. Like, thank God there were no deaths reported and no homes burned down. But these gender reveals just need to stop. I feel like it's not that serious. Everything doesn't have to be an event. Plus, it's like hot as hell in SoCal. I looked over the weekend and it was like triple digits. So why are we lighting fireworks? Joe, um, I, just, I just don't get it. You know, it's because people are dumb. People are very dumb, T. <laughs> as we know, people are very dumb. And, like, it's okay to say this was a dumb thing to do. Because, as you mentioned, it's very hot outside. There have been fires yes. burning for weeks in California. If you're in California, you know this. If you have a phone, you know this. 
If you live in America, you know that there's been fires burning in California for weeks. There's been thousands of acres that more than I think ever in the history of fires in California have been burnt this summer. Like you, there is no fires outside, okay? We are not doing sparks outside. As a collective human, we know this, all right? Don't matter what side of the, the whatever, politics or nothing, you know you cannot light things on fire outside in California right now. It's very, very dangerous. That said, that was stupid. There are other ways to reveal the gender of your child that don't involve uh, sparks and fireworks and whatever. I have no sympathy for these people. Find them whatever you want to find them, probation, jail, whatever. They deserve it because this is dumb and you know better because there's signs and you get text messages and they tell you on the news every single day, don't do this. So you deserve whatever punishment is coming to you for this. You you destroyed property. And for what? No one cares what baby you're having. Nobody, nobody cares. You don't care. Nobody cares. <laughs> I hate gender reveals. I've always hated them. I've hated them before they started burning stuff down. It was just an unfortunate vindication for me that these things are stupid. Everything doesn't have to be a party. It makes me nuts. <laughs> okay, it's bad enough that we have to go to like like bridal showers and baby showers and baby birthdays. And now, now I have to do a gender reveal too. And listen, I love going to your parties. All right. I love a good party. As long as you have alcohol there. Okay. Believe me. And I had a bridal right. shower. <laughs> all right. So I appreciate everyone coming and bringing gifts and doing whatever it is that you do. All right. But at the end of the day, chill out. You're going to have a baby shower. Let's find out what it's going to be then. It's not that big of a deal, all right? And I'm tired of the videos. They're not cute anymore. Oh, I don't know if my husband's gonna hit the baseball and see what colors. Oh, I don't care. I don't care. No one cares. Nobody cares, all right? The people that are there don't even care. They're just there to support you because you invited them. And if you don't, they don't come, then you're gonna be mad at them. And some people seem to care about that. I'm not one of them. I don't care about the gender of your child. Let me know when I'm supposed to send a gift to your baby shower, which at this point we can't go to anyway because we can't have parties. <laughs> so right. just shoot me a text. It's a boy. Congrats. Solved. We didn't burn half of California down to find that out. I cannot stand gender reveal parties. I don't care whose feelings I'm hurt or hurting right now. All right. I just don't like them. I never have. I never will. And I'm so glad that this is finally coming to an end. This nonsense. So here's what I advocate for. From now on, if you see one of your friends doing one of these corny gender reveals, I want you to get in the Facebook comments and say, congrats, but we all as a society decided we were stop, we're going to stop doing gender reveals, just so you know, since you're not going to be the godparent of the child. That's the risk that you're going to have to take. But I think we need to start shaming each other, all right? There's a lot of shaming going on for things that are unnecessary. It is appropriate to shame your friends and family for doing gender reveals. I'm approving it. If they get mad about it, tell them to at me, and then I will tell them very <laughs> happily. I will be very happy to tell them no one cares about the gender of their child. <laughs> I mean, I just like, I just can't understand it. I never have. I never will. And this is, a, it's appropriate to start shaming people now. Yeah. We, we, especially we because it's getting out of hand. So. It's getting, it, it got out of hand a long time ago. And this was like, this was like the final straw. It's 2020. We can't handle anything else. Even the inventor of, of the gender reveals came out and was like, all right, guys, yes. we're done. She said, stop. So yeah. there you go. She, the, the God has spoken. All right. The God of gender reveals has spoken. <laughs> Therefore, if you do it now, if you do it after that, it's a sin. You don't want to sin. Yeah. Ugh, the worst. The worst. <laughs> okay, so Milan's live action remake is now on Disney Plus after years of waiting. I feel like I've just been waiting forever for this. Uh, the movie was well shot and directed. The casting was pretty incredible. The wardrobe was pretty dope. I feel like it definitely needed that 
like that Eddie Murphy commentary. I mean, there's no Mushu, there's no Shang. I mean, there's like barely a love interest. There's no singing. It's like, what? Like I, that was like one of like, that's like the best part of Milan to me is like the singing. But to be fair, like I'm like, we're millennials. So we grew up on the cartoons. So in my opinion, like all these live action remakes, they're cool and all, but they just don't top the original. Like I just like a lot between Aladdin, Lion King. It's like the original has just been better. So, um, but like I said, I haven't seen it yet. There's a lot of controversy surrounding this Mulan. Yeah, there's uh, a, there's a lot. Yeah, so, there's a lot. Uh, I, I'm I'm still gonna. Oh, do you know the controversy? Are you gonna tell us about it? Yeah. Okay. Share. Okay. So, um, the girl who plays Mulan, uh, Lu Ye Fei. She has been like under fire because she like openly supports and endorses police brutality. So there's just been a lot of like backlash on that. Um, And then also Disney like publicly thanked like a Chinese government agency that accused that's been like accused of human rights uh, abuses in Xinjiang for helping like uh, with making Milan. So again, there's been like a lot of backlash. There's like trending on Twitter like to boycott this movie. So again, but this was shot like two years ago. So I don't know if they understood like what was going on at that time, but people are not happy at all. Yeah, it's, it's kind of tough because Mulan, like you said, is, is one of my like favorite childhood movies. And I know every word to every song. And I had, I mean, I think we all had a cartoon crush on Lee, if we're being honest. Hey, wait a minute. Is that the thing? Like, right. he's kind of cute, but he's a cartoon. Am I supposed to feel this way? Um, that's a whole other weird conversation. But uh, Mulan is a beloved film, and I was really looking forward to this, and now I'm kind of conflicted. And it does look like a beautifully made film, mm-hmm. but there's no love interest. What? Girl. You could tell there's like something there, but like, I mean, nothing's done. Like, nothing's said. It just makes it super awkward. I'm like, no love interest, no singing. What what is this? What am I listen, watching? Okay, we are we're we're listen. We're powerful women. Okay, we don't need to be saved by nobody. All right, but like <laughs> Mulan did the saving in that movie, if I remember correctly, she saved everybody, mm-hmm. and still got the man at the end of the day. So we don't we don't just we don't always have to you know we can end up with the man too while we save everybody. <laughs> I'm too away with everything. But if there's no comedy, then it's kind of tough. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'll probably break down and see it, to be honest with you, but I'm, I'm not I'm not as excited about it as I like. There was a point where I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait until this comes out. And now that it's out, I'm like, eh, I'll get around to it. Mm-hmm. All right. So next, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is my I think everyone's like all time favorite show. It's so good. They're celebrating 30 years since the show made its original debut, which is crazy to think about. They're having this reunion and it'll launch around Thanksgiving on HBO Max. And I'm always excited. I'm always excited, honestly. I'm excited about everything. <laughs> but I love this show because the chemistry for the cast is like incredible. Like I love how close they are, even like like 30 years later. I think it will be a little weird for me to like see them all come together without Uncle Phil. God rest his soul. Uh, but we will get like Ashley, Hillary, Carlton, Jazzy, uh, Jeffrey, and of course we'll get Will Smith. Um, there is no confirmation if we're gonna get old Aunt Viv or new Aunt Viv. So, I mean, my guess is gonna be the new one because I know that there was a lot of, you know, 
controversy and issues with the old Aunt Bib, who I love and adore, of course. But, right. But I don't know, regardless, I'm watching it. So like I said, I love Fresh Prince. I love Fresh Prince too. And I'm definitely going to watch this. I'm with you. It's going to be very difficult to watch without Uncle Phil. But I'd like to, I'd love to get both, both Aunt Bibs there. That would be dope. And, uh, you know, DJ Jazzy Jeff is going to be up in there. I want, I love seeing like, and hearing the behind the scenes stories of, of shows like beloved shows that we've, you know, all grown up with and just like watch anytime that they're on. Um, this is going to be amazing. I'm with you. I'm excited for it. I hope they get both ambits though. I think, I think we'll can pull it off. I think so too. Outside, outside of, outside of Will, who is your favorite character on that show? Um, I'd probably have to say Carlton. He's he's hilarious. And I, and I still like I still do the Carlton. Like his dancing, his singing. He's funny. I love Carlton, but I, I think uh it's so hard. It's so hard. Yeah. Like cuz I love absolutely love um Aunt Viv and mm. I love Hillary like the absolute most. <laughs> um but Jeffrey is like, he is the most petty and has the best absolute lines in that show. So I think Jeffrey is my favorite. Cause Jeffrey, he just be slipping, yeah, he just be slipping stuff in on the low, like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> and then just goes about his day. But that show is amazing, legendary, and I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, same. All right. So um tracy ellis ross regina king sana lathan and alfrey woodard are coming together to re- recreate the golden girls with an all-black cast um now i found out that this is going to be a, like a zoom event it's like a one-hour event and in order to like join like you have to sign up to receive messages about how you can make a change during this election so like the first episode is going to be on like tuesday september 8th it's at six pacific time but it's going to be spotlighting and supporting color of change it's like one of the nation's like largest online racial justice organization but they're just trying to get people to again to use their voice and to vote um Again, you know, I, I mean, I would be, I wouldn't like mind a reboot with them. Um, I'd, well, I'd, I'd be here for it. the original Golden Girls, which is so good. It's like one of those things where it's like, just make it your own. Like, don't, don't try to like. Well, I mean, they're not gonna make it their own. They're literally like, rec- they would literally probably recreate those characters. I'm kind of conflicted. Like, I'm like, do they? What if they decide to do a reboot? Like, how would you feel about it? Because I'm kind of like in between. I got excited about it when I first saw the graphic and uh, I think it's cool that they're doing this just like to get people to vote, which um, if you're listening, you should absolutely vote. Do not not vote. That's stupid. You have to vote. Um, don't care who you vote for, but you need to vote either way. Um, so I like that there that there, a lot of people are using their platforms to get people to re- register to vote and to encourage people to vote. And I think it's cool that, because I didn't even realize until you told me that this was not an actual, like, <laughs> reboot that's happening and this is just an event. As far as, like, the actual reboot goes, I think I'm with you. I Because we talked about this, uh, I think, two weeks ago with uh, planes, trains, yeah. and automobiles. It's like, uh, some things just don't need to be remade. I'm here for a, uh, we have a saying in the business, nothing is new, right? Yeah, uh, that, that's just that's just a saying in the entertainment business. Most things are refurbished other ideas. And sometimes you do them better. Sometimes you do them worse. You just put a little spin on it. and It's your own. 
Um, and that's, that's what most shows are. It's very rare that you get a completely original show that you're like, this is like nothing I've ever seen. And sometimes it happens, but for the most part, it's kind of a, a, a remake. So I'm cool with them doing a, a, a show similar to the Golden Girls with an all black female cast and it not being the Golden Girls. Like, I mean, that's essentially, right. that's essentially what Friends did. So... I mean, it, it happens all the time. Nothing is new in the entertainment business. So, I mean, people still black culture all the time. We can, you know, <laughs> just borrow Golden Girls inspiration, you know, and make it make it all black cast show of uh, uh, not yeah. a remake of the Golden Girls, but a version of a show like the Golden Girls. And you know, yeah, because it's not gonna it's not gonna be the same. Like those characters are so iconic and just generationally spanning comedy. Like I, I'm with you. I don't know about a reboot of it. I'm cool with a show that's just exactly like that. <laughs> just written, you know, for an all black cast. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, it does. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm so in between, but either way, I mean, I would, I would watch it to give it a shot anyway, but like I said, just the golden girls is just original, just untouchable. Of course. And so like, I worship at the throne of Tracy Ellis Ross. So anything yeah. that she does is, is fine with me. Girl, I love her. I actually met her at uh, an Emmy's party out here in LA. <laughs> and I'm such a nerd. I'm so, I'm so not equipped for Hollywood. Like, I don't, I just, I'm just, I don't know what to do with my hands. Like, I don't, I'm awful at these like smoogy things. For charity events, I'm good. Like Hollywood schmoozies, I'm the worst. I don't know what to do. So I see Tracy Ellis Ross and I'm like, oh my God, it's God. And I'm like, hi. And she's like, hi. And you know, like you, you say it's a hi to a certain, oh, a certain way people, like they kind of think, oh, like have I met this person before and I don't remember who they are or whatever. So I kind of gave her like that hi, like, hi. Oh my God, I've been seeing you in so long, hi. But she was like, hey, and then I was like, oh my God, I love you so much, which is the weirdest thing to say to someone you don't know. <laughs> but I couldn't help myself. So I'm like, I love you so much. Like, you're so amazing. I love your show. I love you. And I just like kept saying, I love you. And <laughs> she was like, okay, thank you so much. She was so, she couldn't have been nicer. Like she was so sweet and I was such yeah. a dork. And then like, as soon as she walked and she kind of did one of those, oh, hi, Tina, I gotta go. Like, she like, you know, pretended that someone was over there. Uh, I'm sure she was, she's Tracy Ellis Ross. I'm sure someone else was saying hello to her, but it was like also a good time to escape from my crazy ass. But I was just, after she walked away, I was like, oh my God, I'm the most embarrassing person. I'm so embarrassed with myself, but like I got to meet Tracy Ellis Ross, so it was fun. No, that's, that's dope. I'm sure she meets so many people that do that, that <laughs> she's probably just used to it. I was such a, like, I love you. And then just, you know, mostly just because like, I love you. <laughs> so <laughs> I just fell apart. I had all these like really cool things I planned to say to her and it was, none of them were good. It was, it just did not, it didn't go down well, but what are you gonna do? Yeah. Trust <laughs> me, I've had my moments where I've met maybe one or two people and I acted just so just like, so, like such a fan. And honestly, I have no regrets because of who they are. So I mean, I never got it. I am a fan, so I, you know, I don't. What am I supposed to do? Like, that's, that's how I feel. I love you, Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week. Thank you to Demario Davis for jumping on the podcast. Appreciate you guys stopping by. Hope that you're healthy and well. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on YouTube, Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast, and follow us on our social media pages at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod. And you can listen on any 
podcast platform that you have, Spotify, our iHeartMedia app, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud. And we will catch you next week reacting to the first weekend of NFL football. See you guys then. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Ooh.